Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, friends. This is the version of the Nonprofit Exchange that's the Hugh and Russ show. Russell David Dennis, Hugh McPherson Ballou. We are going to chat today about some of the great things that we've heard in the past podcasts. We create a lot of content, and it's time to reflect on that. Russell, how are you doing today? It is a beautiful day here in Denver, Colorado. It did snow a little bit yesterday. Now it's gone back to uh, Denver-type weather, at least for the front range here. And there's a beautiful cap on the mountains that you can see for miles and miles. Uh, coming in. So uh, life is good. Your life is always good. You make it that way. You know, when I lived in Colorado, they had a saying, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. <laughs> it does change frequently. And so we're expecting some pretty mild weather, I mean, for this time of year. Uh, but the uh, skiers are happy. We've got a natural cap. The snow machines are going. And uh, let the skiing begin. And it will continue. Through May. Through May. Wow. So we're live on Facebook. We, we, um, we record our podcasts as a live video feed. So if anybody's listening to the Nonprofit Exchange podcast, feel free to join us on Facebook Live on, on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock Eastern time, and you go to thenonprofitexchange.com org and it will lead you there we'll revert to the page where we've posted the past sessions and we create new sessions every tuesday and russell i find that when we're doing it live that we have unexpected participants that join us on facebook i also find that there's an energy with creating that that live event what's your experience with this well, I love having people come in and, and share their experience and because it enhances the program. We've got David James Dunworth. We've got Bert Oliva in there right now. Uh, two really fine men who are excellent businessmen and thought leaders uh, and men that I follow on Facebook. So uh, it always enhances to have input from other people uh, to, to answer the questions that are burning in people's mind and to give them things to consider because uh, as nonprofit leaders, you're running an enterprise. It's a, it's a business like a lot of others. And the big difference is the tax status. There, there are problems with people and business uh, and just operating that, uh, that can be solved and, and leadership issues. And so these are things that people want to talk about. Uh, so, uh, I like to bring people things that they want to hear about. I love when people, uh, ask questions because, uh, it gives us points for discussion. We find out what sort of things are important to you out there and that's what matters to us. And I was with both Bert and, um, David, um, two weeks ago tomorrow down in, um, down in, uh, Florida. And we managed to dodge the weather and do some meaningful things in between the, the storms. But I, as I spend time with both those gentlemen who are both watching right now, um, I really appreciate the level of skill they have and the level of expertise. Now, David Dunworth has been on this podcast, 
Um, I've talked to Bert, and he and his team are going to be part of this this uh, interview process next month. Their their calendar is pretty full, but I look forward to having them. And the fact that you're connected with them is is also great. Let's talk about um, some of the. We've been doing this nonprofit exchange. Uh, our magazine editor, uh, Todd Greer, Dr. Greer's a um, organizational psychologist. He's got leadership. He's got a degree in organizational leadership. Sorry, and um, and um, his wife's a psychologist. He's he's a pastor, but a PhD in leadership is not a bad credential. He's the editor of nonprofit uh, performance magazine, and he's down in Mobile, Alabama, working as a dean in a, in a university and doing really fine work. And he started this three years ago. Very visionary. Helped start the magazine. And we started the uh, the nonprofit exchange. So thanks to Todd for that, and the history we have in this podcast. And we have um, tens of. Oh, did did I lose you in your back? I I think Russell is. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Great. Did you go away? Did you hear any of what I just said? Very little of it. We we had a little bit of a freeze there momentarily. Uh, you know, high tech is really great. Can you when hear me works. okay? When it when, yeah, when high tech works, oh, yeah. it's great. But when it doesn't work, it really stinks. What I was um, I was talking about the history of this podcast, and it starts as a video and then goes into the audio uh, nonprofit exchange podcast, which um, you can find uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and most every platform. The nonprofit exchange. But Russ, you and I have been—you uh, have shown up faithfully as a unofficial co-host. But you're—you know—try to get out of it now. You're—you're you're part of this process. Um, what is? Um, how long have we been doing this together? Has it been a year? We tend to have a little technical difficulty right now because Russ, you seem to be frozen, and it—and it might be me. Well. It might be as but I think we well, started fairly late 2016, but I've been consistent. Uh, we've been co-piloting during the week, and you know, one of the things that uh, that has been pointed out because we've had people that have come in and talked about the use of technology for nonprofits and. Uh, uh, using it well, and uh, technology is something that can enhance what we're doing, but it's not well. Uh, it's a nonprofit leader, not to be afraid of it, and a lot of things for you. Hey, Russell, we're having some technical difficulties right now. Um, your your um, sound is is breaking up and stopping. And now your picture is frozen. So I'm going to continue. Russ, um, come back in when you're live. Um, I want to... Grants to nonprofits to actually get their message out there. Uh, hey, Russell, did I disappear? I had a little step in. Very briefly, but I've 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 kept going, <laughs> so I'm still I'm still going out. So it might be a little bit of a bandwidth uh, thing that you've got going. 
uh, over there. But uh, hang in there. I don't know if you've got some apps open that, that you might be able to close. Well, I was going to blame it on you. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that audio continued because I didn't hear anything, and it could have been my own uh, my own frailty here. I did change. Um, I did change um, uh, devices. Though I'm on a different different uh, router now. And okay. Well, it seems to have cleared the problem up. <laughs> So, you know, as, and I was talking about technology because that is so important <laughs> for everything we do. And, and, you know, one of the things that I was talking about getting messages out there, but it can be used to reach your audience. You can actually do a little bit more in terms of determining who the people are that are listening to you. And you can get your message out in more cost-effective ways than you ever were able to do it before. But like anything else, the thing that has been the overarching message that our guests have put out as far as using technology and social media and connecting with people, it's all about relationships and building good, solid, and strong relationships with the people you serve and those that you're serving. So technology is not a substitute for that, but it's a way to uh, to actually uh, extend that reach on, in a cost-effective uh, manner. Absolutely. So, um, Russ, let's talk about some, imp- if you're willing, um, some impressions from the, um, tell me again when, when you and I started doing this together. Well, I think we started moving consistently in February because I'd pop in and out in 2016, uh, but I started showing up consistently and we've been here I've been on just about every broadcast. I've had the the honor and the privilege of standing in a few times uh, for you when you had other things that you had to get done. And so it's been uh, it's been beautiful. It's been a, it's been a great thing for me. Uh, I've done some other broadcasting too. I just I like this talk show hosting. I think it suits me. You you do it very well, and you've had me as a guest on your your show, and. You know what we've we've learned in our association with a, a group called CEO Space. We've learned the the power of cooperation, and we've taken it to the collaborative level. And we there's plenty of room for everybody to play because it's a big playing field, and we bring it to a new paradigm. Um, let's look over some of the past podcasts, and we have had the pleasure of interviewing some really amazing people. And um, I don't know about you, but I learn from every single one of them. As a matter of fact, every time we talk, I learn something from you. You have some sound bites that are incredible. And um, you're very well read. You continue working on self. And I remember Jim Rohn, in his speeches, he would commonly say, work on yourself harder than you work on your business. And that's my sense of, of Russell Dennis. You're always improving your own self. And you've done many worthy things in your career. And what you're now doing is bringing all that value to people um, in, who need it. So, so thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Let's collaborate on thinking about the wisdom that, that we've gathered from some of these people we've interviewed recently. So what are some of the messages that jump out to you from those great interviews we've had? Well, you know, one that stands out because we, we've had uh, several programs on it. Uh, but we were uh, we were talking with uh, um, 
and I'm drawing a blank. But here's here's the, the panel discussion that we had that really sticks in my mind. Several weeks ago, we were talking about diversity. And this is a discussion that I've been having with people all over the place. In fact, I, I had a discussion uh, with one of my classmates from the sponsorship boot camp around diversity. And this lady's a naval officer and uh, she was a pilot. So <laughs> she experienced uh, some, some uh, interesting uh, reactions from her fellow pilots, uh, naval pilots. It's pretty much a boys club. And so when we get into diversity, we can get stuck on race, but uh, there's not just race, there's age, there's gender, uh, social economic status is, is really uh, critical. And uh, some of the things that I've read in the nonprofit press uh, show a lack of diversity in our uh, nonprofit boardrooms, our bigger nonprofit boardrooms. And so that has an impact uh, when, you, when you don't have a diversity of leadership, a diversity of thinking styles. Uh, you leave a lot on the table. And that's been something that's been uh, uppermost in my mind lately as far as some of our discussions go. Well, that's Dr. Theon Gordon you're referring to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and the more I talk to her, the, the more I appreciate the depth of her wisdom and character. And yes, um, the, the, the context behind uh, both her and, and um, Mr. Lewis, I'm thinking of his name, Bill, is it William Lewis? William, um, Dr. William Lewis, yeah. Yeah, they're both doctors and very, very skilled people. And um, I was the white guy on the call, but it, it wasn't, as you have very carefully placed, it's not about race. Um, we think it's about race. Um, now, that's a factor, but how about, I'm a boomer, how about millennials? How do we get along? We don't, because we don't understand each other. Um, the, the, the gender you, you talked about, the sexual preference, you know, what is your lifestyle? Where did, did you grow up in the ghetto? Um, so there's, there's so many dynamics. And when I um, participated years ago in working with a, um, a company in Germany that, that holds a competitive event called the World Choir Games, there are 400 choirs that show up from 400, from 100 countries. That's diversity. That is amazing diversity. And people come together around a common thread, which is music, excellence in music. And there's community that happens, not because you force it to happen, but because we all celebrate our diversity and we celebrate the commonality, which is music. And I think we forget to think about the things we have in common. And we think about what we have that's different rather than what we have in common. And, you know, Russ, even within a white church that has mostly people from one generation and one economic, socioeconomic sector. There are diverse opinions, but they're trapped in, in this container, not being able to get outside of their, their, their point of view and their So somebody from outside to ask questions, what about this kind of opens up the conversation, but we, we do get, kind of closed in without thinking about possibilities. We just think about what, we are, what we've always done. And, and what I've gained out of that, that particular interview, which was brilliance of two of our guests, um, is there's some other things we could think about. 
here's some other values that we could bring. And is it about diversity or is it about inclusion? And is it about bringing creative energy into your organization? So I, they, it, that call was not only about race. It was about a whole plethora of other really powerful things. Am I, am I remembering some of the same things you are? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's exactly sort of what I took away. And here's, here's where, where you, you have these things potentially show up in a bad way if you don't have that diversity, because it's understanding the populations that you serve. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the populations uh, look, like, uh, look like everybody else, but some of them don't. And if you're running a nonprofit and you're serving, uh, you're trying to serve a population that you don't have a, a, that solid connection with, uh, it, it could reduce your effectiveness and your efficiency of doing that. So <clears throat> there's all sorts of problems and uh, other articles, and uh, uh, I would love to to bring those up. And you know, we discussed maybe doing another panel. And I've talked to a couple of people that probably be good for that. Once we decide we want to do another one. Well, I, you know, let's let's spin on that a minute. Um, if you're listening to this podcast in um, diversity, inclusion, uh, building creativity on your board, and your culture generally, if that's a topic, please go to the podcast and do some comments. Um, it is on the Center Vision Leadership Org website, and there's a place for comments. We very much uh, welcome comments, and if you're really into growing the culture in a creative way, I don't think you can do without some diversity. What do you think, Russ? You've got to have it. I mean, that's being recognized by a lot of the new research that's out there, uh, read in the Chronicle of Philanthropy, some of their findings. So. Uh, those ads are out there, and it's it's really important. So uh, people are finding that this is critical. The Denver Foundation, right here where I worked, uh, they uh, they did an inclusion project and put quite a bit of money and and research into it several years ago to uh, to actually tackle that problem. So they've uh, they've got great material on their website, the DenverFoundation.org. Uh, website has uh, great material and they they actually put some of the questions that they asked and a little bit of information on uh, some of the participants and some of the types of questions that they asked and they'll be happy to talk with you about it if you want more information. What I'm inclined to do Russ, thank you for bringing this up, this is a really important topic. Um, I think there should be a series of group discussions on this topic because it's such a, a big topic. It's such a such an important topic. And it's there when we had that call and I did a debriefing from the two guests, they both said there's lots more content. There's lots more sub themes and we introduced so many themes in that call. So I, I, what I think you ought to do is challenge me or we'll challenge each other to put a, a, a series of these conversations together. And we might have to do it, not at this time, but do it this time and broadcast it at this time to be able to accommodate the, the, the variety of schedules. I, um, I want Ornie Reed, the race professor at uh, Virginia Tech um, on the call and Andy Morikawa, my original founding board member who have really good wisdom on boards and diversity. And there's some others that you and I've talked about 
So I think there's a lots of sub themes for us to work through and, um, mm -hmm. and develop. So what do you think of us having a series of conversations about that topic? I'd love to do that. And as a matter of fact, I have a, a, a preliminary agreement. I've got uh, Andy Sue Phillips, who, who will be appearing on the Nonprofit Culture Success Show on November 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern. And she and I are going to be talking about diversity. We're both veterans. Uh, she's very interested in coming on, doing a panel. Uh, and talking, and she's uh, she's experienced this, and she's actually put together a very interesting program that a number of major businesses are looking at on diversity. They sort of found her and approached her on the subject, and uh, so I'm I'm excited about that uh, conversation that we'll have coming up, where she can talk about uh, some of those tools. But a series. Uh, and we've got a number of things. I think you could spend an hour on gender on one program. You could spend an hour on age, uh, particularly the, the disconnect between uh, boomers like ourselves and millennials. And it's really a communication thing. And uh, a good friend of mine, Brooke Chestnut, uh, that I went through the Colorado Speakers Academy with, uh, has put some programs together to help uh, organizations that are looking to recruit millennials uh, actually get that done. And he put together an interesting concept that he called reverse mentoring. So I think it's about time. It's been a while, but it's about time for me to give young Mr. Chestnut a call. Well, uh, <laughs> he could be one of those panelists, couldn't he? Very, very easily. And so, I mean, that's a piece of his, his work. And and, uh, and uh, another good friend in the area, Russ Maneri, uh, does a lot of work around making sure you hire the right people. He's masterful at that. And he was on my show a few weeks back. Uh, so you've got the conversation around age. You've got a conversation around gender. Uh, her being a veteran and me being a veteran, uh, that, uh, that opens up all sorts of doors for this conversation that I'm looking forward and me, to. Me too. Yeah, so there's, a, <laughs> there's a, a lot to unpack there. And then, of course, there's social economic status, uh, you know, and people who actually uh, are in need of a lot of the services that nonprofits pr uh, provide. And so uh, a, a big mistake I've seen people uh, make over the years is that they got wonderful ideas and they want to help, but somewhere along the way, they neglected to talk to the people that they're actually putting the program together for. <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, they had everything to sign, they had it funded, they built it, and nobody came. So <laughs> it's really important to talk to these folks and to find out how they want to be helped. Because if they're accessing different services, well, they know where the bodies are buried, so to speak. They're experiencing these gaps uh, in what they're getting because they there's just something that falls outside the purview of the guidelines, and so they're actually uh, struggling to to fill all the needs. And this this happens with everything, especially with with school. Uh, yeah. Students can go out and 
get scholarships and, and uh, not be able to take advantage of them because of the hidden costs like the fees and the, the flights, the textbooks. There's just things oh. that show up that nobody accounts for. And Tandy Carraway was on the Nonprofit Culture Success Show uh, last week. And so I have to put that replay up. But uh, well, let's uh, this people will be listening to this way after the dates you gave. So let's give a link so people can find that. I will. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll put it in the notes, but what is that link? For my number, uh, the nonprofit culture success uh, show is uh, on Facebook. So I have that uh, every week and it's a webinar it's delivered like uh, this broadcast is uh, delivered the exact same way. Great. So if you, if you look up an NP culture of success on Facebook, uh, you'll get connected there. NP meaning nonprofit. NP culture of success. Yes. Well, yeah. that's a that's a really good program, and um, you interviewed interviewed me a few weeks ago as and you've I've been in a thread with some really fine really fine folks. So so Russell, um, when you were talking about doing programs that they hadn't checked out, it reminds me of Robert of a Robert Frost poem. It says, we sit in a circle and suppose the secret sits in the center and knows. <laughs> Does that resonate at all? That's uh, pretty good stuff, you know. I just said, David weighed in. He said, there's a lot that we can talk about uh, where diversity is concerned. We have got Bill Ballou, who has just joined us a few minutes Bill ago. Bill Ballou from... Shelby, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Posey Jones is here. So it's good to see. Yeah. So lots of wonderful people here uh, joining us today. And so with these types of discussions, what I'd, I'd really love to see, I'd, I'd love to have more people uh, come in, weigh in. What are some of the things that you'd like to talk about? Thomas, hello. Thomas Vozella. Welcome, Thomas. I'd love to have people. Uh, uh, you know, uh, either go to the page because I have that Facebook page for nonprofit culture success. They can come on our Cinevision page uh, in the discussion area and uh, and uh, love to do some Q and A and find out what people really want to talk about and do more interactive type stuff or find out what people are interested with in or what they're struggling with because that's another way we can add value. Um, I'm going to ask David Dunworth, what are some of those topics uh, that he comes to mind? Um, he said there are lots of topics that um, we could we could do the facet, facets of the show. Um, so I'm just going to, to mind, so David, if you want to articulate a few on the, the chat in Facebook, um, we could we could mention those. So Russell, um, we've looking at the some of the past podcast. Uh, last week we had done, well, last week we had um, our friend Joe White, who had an amazing presentation on goals. And, oh. and I teach goals. And I, and I said in that show that Joe did that module in, in my workshop. You've done the mo your module twice. And um, everybody I've had present a module does a far better job than I do. So, so Joe came in and presented goals uh, using, and it was, was resonant with what we have defined in Center Vision, 
but he did a stunning job of that. And he talked about his GPS system for setting goals, which I found to be very powerful. And, and I, the Covey, the Covey principle, sharpen the saw um, comes to mind with people like that. We're always working on our tools, sharpening the saw so we can be better. And you and I are no spring chickens. We've learned a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff, but we're not, we're not sitting on our laurels. We're actually growing our own skill and being able to, uh, to share the wisdom and experience and the skills that we've learned over the, over the years. What, what are, do you remember that conversation with Joe and anything come to mind from that for you? Well, the thing that I loved about his GPS system is that it's incredibly powerful. There's a lot of power in it. And, and the power comes from the simplicity uh, that he rolls it out there with. Because almost everybody, everybody that, that, that drives can relate to a GPS. It, it kind of makes you wonder how we ever made, got anywhere without them. Yeah. <laughs> They've become so uh, widespread that we're used to them. But the, the focus, the, the, the power, the focus that comes from using a simple system is what comes through. And I think that any good system is easy to access, uh, easy to understand, and easy to use. And that comes from my friend Brendan Bouchard. That's not one of our originals. But it makes perfect sense because uh, a lot of people in the industry, and I had that conversation with him, I've had that conversation with other people in the personal development industry, maybe three, two or three out of every hundred that actually pick up a system, implement it. And, and this is where I want to help people get beyond that. If there's something that, that, that people can use in simple steps, uh, they're going to be more likely uh, to apply it. It's not going to be overwhelming. And that was Joe's GPS system. It, 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 it fit that, uh, it's a textbook example of that principle. And he did a very good job of, of explaining it and laying it out, and he had a free gift. So uh, we don't number the episodes of Nonprofit Exchange. So if you just find the one on Joe White setting, setting powerful goals, that's, that's a good one. Now we're going to expand some of their topics coming up, and David Dunworth had filled in some. Uh, one was outsourcing and its challenges because of preconceived notions. And I, I find a lot of charities um, and churches and synagogues say we don't have time to do all these things, yet they want to hire people, but you could outsource some of these things if you had um, sufficient time to develop your plan and your methodology so you could hand it off. And one of the, one of the basic tenets of transformational leadership is being able to take things off your plate and empower some other people to do. And you and I have talked about the burnout rate with nonprofit leaders, and it's unusually high. And part of it is that we get stuck as leaders doing too much, and then we're not effective as we could be because we've got too much on our plate. So one of them is outsourcing. We, we, we think giving things to other people is a weakness in leadership when really it's just the opposite. And some other topics that he threw on the table were gender bias, the glass ceiling, young versus old, the color barrier, the multicultural world is here. Um, so those are, those are some of the topics. I think besides being the glass ceiling, um, and that's commonly used with women who, um, who are limited. Now, I find that, that there's a lot more opportunity for, for growth and taking charge for women in the nonprofit sector. 
um, because they have a unique ability to engage people and to, to bring in some fresh ideas. You know, a lot of the, the old white guys like me get stale. And so there's, there's a freshness with uh, especially the women leaders of any, any race or, or, or any, any age there. But uh, I think there's a great opportunity. The, the, the ceiling that, that John Maxwell talks about is the lid. The, the lid is our ability to lead the organization. That's a leadership issue, not a diversity issue. But it also could be a diversity issue if we had somebody that brought different skills. Are we going to put a lid on them? And many times we have this scarcity thinking, and it's not just the lid that Maxwell talks about. Is his his framing is that the organization cannot develop any further than the leader's ability to lead it. So there's the law of the lid. But sometimes it's not the leader's fault. The organization and the culture puts a lid on that leader. No, we don't do it that way here. And you and I have seen circumstances that happen in groups where we've participated mutually. Um, so. Talk about that a minute, the, the, the framing of leadership and the ability of the board to let the leader lead if they show some competence. Have you seen some, what are some, some things you've seen and in, in, in share with people? Well, you know, I'm, I'm working with the group now that, uh, that has actually got good intent. It's a new organization. They asked me to serve on their board. And there have been some struggles uh, uh, with uh, understanding what it is that they want. And, you know, really, that, that, that speaks to the outsourcing that David was talking about. You've got to understand what it is that you want in order to be a good customer, you know. Mm -hmm. So that takes, a, that takes some definition. And uh, a lot of, uh, of uh, social profit uh, leaders are new to doing what they're doing uh, from a social profit realm or, or uh, you know, they, they're taking on a big challenge and uh, there could be some, some, uh, some fear, actually be some fear around whether some things are going to work, they're trying new things, they're trying things that are outside of their comfort zone. And uh, those are things that can, can hold folks back. And so it's just really uh, expanding the thinking uh, outside of the old traditional limited realms. And uh, good leaders build other leaders around them. Uh, there's no better way to look good than to have a great team of leaders around you because they're actually uh, uh, doing the stuff on the ground. And if you're the leader providing direction, these folks actually make you look good. But it's, it's, it's really when you bring people onto a board or you're a board and you bring somebody to lead your organization, you're putting them in a, in a position of trust. There's a lot that you're expecting them to do. So if you don't give them the tools or the autonomy to, to actually get things done, to leverage that creativity, uh, you're going to have a little bit of trouble. That's one of the things my good friend Doug Krug talks about is you know the brilliance of your team you've got a lot of brilliance under your roof uh, a lot of people that are dedicated motivated uh, but if you if you kind of suppress that talent and you don't let them shine the way they want to shine they're going to walk away and i don't think that it's fully a pay issue it's really an issue of am i making a difference here and this is really important for millennials 
They want to do work that matters, and uh, they don't want to be micromanaged. No one wants to be micromanaged. So it's having that trust in your team uh, and uh, not being afraid to make mistakes that'll propel you forward. And that's, those are several things that transformational leaders do. Absolutely. I'm looking over some of the recent podcasts, and um, I encourage people to go and, and look at the – we do – um, develop a transcript from the interviews and put it in the nonprofit exchange podcast. And going back from uh, going back a while, you and I did a podcast on the five. What was that one? The five, the five top things that block a leader's success. Mm-hmm. And that one had a lot of plays. That was in April. And um, there was there was also an interview we did with Dr. David Gruder, um, our friend, who's an organizational developmental psychologist. And um, um, the, it was about the, the people that are controlling the board with their anger. And there were some, some things that, that he gave us that were really helpful. And I've seen lots of boards where, oh, we can't, we can't do that because it will upset so-and-so. And so people get <laughs> go around the topic and they avoid dealing with it head up. And, and, our, what I heard with, with that and with some other of my studies is when you have conflict, you move toward it and you remain calm and you address the facts very directly. Mm-hmm. And we tend, we tend to avoid in, in the effort to be nice. When we're trying to be nice to one person, uh, like on a board, then we're devaluing every other person because we've let that person take us hostage. So um, that was the interview with Dr. Gruder which was before our, um, our discussion on those, those five things. But that, would, that one spoke to me especially in a special way because I see that kind of thing happening an awful lot. And that was back in February, believe it or not. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I think I've got that. We did that in June, I believe. Uh, the Gruder. The we did talk with David. Uh, one of the things... I believe that uh, that was the the February discussion was uh, uh, the discussion on the relationship that that we have with money. Shadow, you're, you're so right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But that was that particular program. You know, he talked about the strong personalities on the board, and uh, you know, if if, if uh-huh. yes, if one person dominates. Uh, a lot of the conversations and uh, are really, and he talked about how they, how they go, go about uh, really uh, just sort of getting their way and actually short circuiting any conversation uh, that people have. And that's, that's just not a good thing. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do, I can drop that into the chat box. Uh, I want to just drop that link into the chat box. Uh, and that's that's from that particular broadcast. But we, we have these, and uh, so that's a good one to go back and, and uh, listen to if, you're, if you've got a strong personality that you're concerned about. But Dr. Gordon did a uh, podcast that addressed boards, too. Hers was also in, uh, I want to say that that one was in June or somewhere close by. 
I'm looking for uh, it while you're, while you're talking about it. Yeah, that was a real... Uh, April, uh-huh. April, April 11th. And so that was about empowering your board and, and structuring a good board. Uh, and that I was actually absent that week uh, that you and Dr. Gordon talked about boards. What were some of the things that, that she brought up? Oh, there were, there were a number of things, but it, it was empowering the board by asking them to do things. And, and um, going back to David Gruder's piece, we, we, we don't, we let other people's emotions control us. And we have our own scripts that sometimes are not true. And so there was, there was some synergy in the, the two presentations with Dr. Gruder and Dr. Gordon um, in that um, she encouraged us to step up and ask board members to contribute both money, time, and talent, all three. Sorry, not both, but all three. And, and we tend to overcompensate by saying, I'll do it for them, they're busy, when that's not what they want. What they want is meaningful contribution. They want to, they're on the board because they want to give their skill set. That doesn't mean they're going to work every day for you, but it does mean they want to do something that's meaningful and, and see an impact on the organization. So her, her presentation is very valuable, and it's one of the, the most listened to episodes on the podcast over the last three years. So it's Dr. Theon, T-H-Y-O-N-N-E, Dr. Theon Gordon, and you said it was in April. Um, that is a, a very popular podcast and it's a very important podcast and it's on a topic that I think a lot of boards struggle with and absolutely. So David Gruder talked about the shadow in February, but he talked about the anger specifically, how people control boards, um, with their anger. And that's, that's something that, um, we tend to cave into, but is not very, very helpful. And we're talking about David Dunworth, who was watching us on Facebook at the moment. Um, He talked about the brand and connecting it to the board. The brand has impact. Um, I mean, uh, the board has impact on the brand. The board represents our brand. Your employees represent the brand. You represent the brand. And we tend to think, oh, I'm a nonprofit. I don't have a brand. Well, it's important that you have a brand identity, a brand promise, it's important that, that you know what your brand is and everybody supports that brand. So um, David has lots of skills. His particular um, channel that day was talking about your brand. And what I remember coming out of that is how people behave around that brand. Do you have oh, yeah. some thoughts about David and what he shared? Well, yeah, it, it addressed the leadership. And so his key message was that leaders are actually – uh, are the brand and they present the brand they build that once they build that they safeguard it and they provide the direction that makes sure because the brand is really what you're all about uh, i mean i know a lot of times the word brand will bring up uh, thoughts around some sort of packaging or or snazzy jingle we we think about that sort of thing we think about it in terms of marketing but a brand is really a statement about who you are and everything that you do flows out of that. And uh, David was talking eloquently about the leader's responsibility to make sure that you, you have that brand, you have all of the integrity 
and the ethics, the integrity, uh, and the effectiveness around that brand, and you build on that, and that it guides what you do, and that your leaders uh, uh, actually reflect that brand that your nonprofit is out there. That's a very good podcast. I, I did put that in the chat too, so those will be in the notes for folks that miss those particular ones. Uh, I drop those in the notes because they're great to go back uh, to go back to us. So I, I tend to make a list and go out and grab all of these links as they go up, and uh, so that I can go uh, look at them uh, because there's so much that we learn from those that it's it's you, you can't absorb it all. A lot of that. I have to go back to and, and listen to again and again. And that's the beauty of, of the internet. We archive these videos and, and they're there for our, uh, our review. And the podcasts are even better because you can listen to those on the fly. I put them on my, on my iPods and, uh, <laughs> and I can plug my iPod in the car and I just got it uh, to go. And so that's, there's not even fighting with CDs anymore. There's Bluetooth and there's technology again. And it's beautiful when it works, which is most of the time. <laughs> well, it is. It is. Um, now, the, the seven essential skills for nonprofit leadership success, that is one that you and I did. We, we went around that number seven because you had found seven to be um, um, powerful. The, uh, the podcast that Todd Greer did years ago, was on community that that's by far the most listened to episode. And it, it was relaunched on August 11th as an archive replay. Um, the other one is the Drucker challenge, managing oneself in the digital age was relaunched yeah. an archive. That was uh, Frances Hesselbein and her leadership Institute. She's a, an amazing person who's much older than you and I, but shows up to work because she has a passion for creating uh, value in people's lives. And she's very clear on who she is and what she, what she offers. So um, the other one I wanted to lift up, we're coming close to our time. I like to not go over too much. Um, so the due diligence one with Thomas Moviel. Um, you interviewed Thomas. That was one of the times you, get to, you got to do an interview and didn't have the burden of Hubaloo getting in your way, but that's one. It was the, before you launch an idea, can you do some due diligence? Does the world need your nonprofit? And I thought that was relevant. I met him at a conference and in, invited him in because um, you may have more relevant statistics than this, but I, my memory is that half of the nonprofits that are formed every year will close and they're not f able to fully achieve or to achieve their mission at any level. And it partly might be that maybe the world didn't need your idea. Like that thing you talked about earlier, you go all the trouble to launching something before you did a checkup to see if, uh, if, if it's really needed. So what do you remember from, do you remember that interview that you did with Thomas? Yeah. Yes, it was quite a while ago. But yeah, one of the things that 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 David pointed out is that that brand philosophy uh, and its tenets have to be present throughout the whole organization, not just with the leadership. And you know, Thomas and I talked about some of that identity, but what we were really talking about was making sure that you you understand what it is that you do 
and what you do differently, you know. So the whole uh, concept be behind does the world need uh, your nonprofit is understanding clearly what the problems that you solve are and, and yeah. focusing on things that you really do well. And uh, so that, that was a big key. That was a big key takeaway uh, that a lot, of, a lot of folks just don't uh, do that as well as they could. And so we talked a little bit about some tools for doing that, but most of the emphasis was on the importance uh, of doing that, whether it's with a program or specific uh, people that you uh, go to attract to your organization, uh, but it's really having that focus on the people that you're serving. Amen. That was, that was a really good interview, and I saw him uh, on Saturday and thanked him for that. Because it was that I just had a hunch that would be something valuable, and it's been one of the most listened to episodes. So as we yeah. do our wrap here, Russell, um, I thought it'd be good for us to pause in our our pretty active schedule of interviewing thought leaders, and for you and I to reflect on some of the lessons and help people uh, think about what they need next. And as I'm looking over the list, since you and I've been doing this, there are a number of very, very powerful interviews that have, of course, the transcription there, but they've got things that could be implemented, like um, the, the David Corbin interview about brand slaughter, which is the title of his book, the Penny Zinker interview about um, uh, how to gain control over your life. It's about that, 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 that time robber. Uh, George mm -hmm. Fraser talked about building a legacy, and he, of course, has the largest African-American network in the world and is very humble about it. Uh, Don Green talked about the Napoleon Hill Foundation. He, um, he's going to contribute uh, for the magazine about boards, and that board uses business principles to support that nonprofit. And then um, our friend Shannon uh, Greenwich did uh, Getting Lim Unlimited Publicity. And so there's a, whole, um, there's a whole methodology under that, which she's so brilliant about. So, Russell, as we draw to a close, I customarily ask our guests to think about uh, what they want to leave people with. And uh, so maybe you and I could take a turn doing that. What is your, what is your thought that uh, from all the wisdom that we've, we've been able to partake in, what would you say to people listening to this podcast that you would wish they could do with some of this wisdom? Well, I would say go back to it, refer back to it regularly, and, and never stop uh, looking for ways that you can do what you do better. You know, always work from your strengths as much as possible, and find partners uh, and other people to collaborate with so that you can cover those areas that you don't uh, necessarily do well, because you're, you're going to be much more effective just living and working in your genius and trusting that to make an impact than trying to create a new genius for yourself. Do, do what you do, do your thing. And, uh, and that's really the most important thing is to really work from those strengths and always be learning, always keep learning, always continue to look for, for opportunities to collaborate. Mm -hmm. uh, learning's a never ending process. Uh, and don't be afraid to try new things. Uh, if you if you feel and stop stop and think about some of the people that you already have, either on your payroll or who are volunteering or who are who are writing your checks, 
uh, it won't hurt to ask your donors for ideas. Ask them what they'd like to see. You know, it's, it's about getting people more and more engaged with what you're doing and, uh, and letting them know that, that what they're contributing, whether it's time, talent, treasure, or all free, let them know how important that is. Let them know uh, what's possible through that regularly. Well, Russ, um, that's really great. You took the words out of my mouth. Um, I, I find people say I don't have time to listen to podcasts. Well, do you ever drive in your car going anywhere? Um, I, I never have the radio anything but public radio and my, my, um, my podcasts. And um, I learn every time I listen to a podcast. What I appreciate about Russell David Dennis is that you're always working on your skill. You've got a book you're working on. And what you pointed out is just because you've listened to it or read it doesn't mean you know it all. And what I've learned from our friend Ken Courtright is he goes back and he reads great books again with a different color highlighter. And he finds that when he goes back and highlights passages that stand out to him, they're different than the ones he highlighted the first time. Either we didn't see it or didn't understand it, or we weren't ready for it. We weren't ready to learn it. So there, I applaud what you said. That is, that is a very good reminder for me. Just because you read it, just because you listened to it, doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to it again because you're ready to learn the next thing. Russell, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being on this series of podcasts. And uh, I would like to encourage people to go back and listen to this, this library of wonderful resources that we have as a gift for you. And please share your comments. Please share the podcast on social media or on your email because we want people to listen to them. They're free. This is our gift to you. Russell, thank you for today. I'm, I'm grateful for you, sir. It's very good. And folks, don't uh, keep come, going back to the Center Vision uh, page, the Nonprofit Culture Success uh, page. It's on Facebook, uh, the Nonprofit Exchange channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. Subscribe to it on YouTube. And uh, check back regularly. And go in the common areas and let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear about because we're here to, to serve you, to help you make uh, more impact uh, in, in your communities. Good, good words, Russell. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.